This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Wes Reynolds from VSIN as we uh, continue. A great uh, weekend for us in, in, in the NFL. We're 60% uh, for the season now collectively uh, between, um, between Randy McKay, Jonathan Von Tobel, and uh, also uh, Wes Reynolds and Aaron Redding. Um, let's get to the, probably one of the more big or public moves, uh, that we're seeing, uh, this one, you might be, uh, you may wait till later, but Kansas city is two and oh, uh, they almost two and oh against the spread until Justin Herbert, uh, come back there and Indianapolis has not looked good. Oh, and two both on the road. Now they come back mm-hmm. home. This line's up to six and a half and man, it's getting a lot of public support as anticipated for the Kansas city chiefs, Wes. Yeah, and I found a seven when it popped out here in Las Vegas and grabbed it. I would still take six and a half, though, if you don't really want to buy the points. Because uh, you look, uh, the Colts three weeks ago, everybody's tripping over each other to bet this team to win the AFC South and maybe even a dark horse to uh, be in the Super Bowl for the AFC. And now... You know, everything's been a mess, and and I don't think that it's overstating that, you know, where it's like, oh, it's just a couple bad games here. No, everything's been a mess. The quarterback play has not been good. The offensive line play has not been good. They haven't looked prepared. The coaching hasn't been particularly good, and the defense hasn't been particularly good. Now, there's a possibility they're going to get Shaq Leonard back. I think that's certainly going to help. I would expect uh, that Alec Pierce, the second-round pick, uh, who had a concussion last week and missed down in Jacksonville, that he's going to be back. It's looking promising that Michael Pittman is going to be back. But I will say this. Even if they had those receivers last week, they weren't winning that game in Jacksonville. They got absolutely outplayed. They got shut out. Even when they had a chance to get a score and they're running that, you know, kind of pick play but trying not to make it too obvious, the dude, like, falls down to try to block the defensive back on the pick. And, of course, the official is going to throw that. So that's what you saw when it rained, it poured, and it poured all over the Colts on Sunday. But I am going to go with them here. And I know that they're not 0-2 technically. They're 0-1-1. But if you go back about a decade to 2010, the NFL teams that start the season 0-2 straight up, 55-40-1 against the number in week three, 58%. And I think that that's, that seems logical, you know, because I always talk about trends, you know, don't make them so much your friends, make them your acquaintance. And But when you look, there's got to be logic, I think, for a trend. And I think that that is logical because you got these teams that are 0-2 against the number 
and and they're pressed. They're up against it here because there's going to be no tomorrow if you have a bad week three. So I do think that the Colts come out with a much better effort. They're here at home. They've been getting trashed and crapped on all week, not only by the national media, but the local media back in Indianapolis. So I know the Chiefs look like a juggernaut, but this is a defense that can be gettable. This is not a shutdown defense. You know, this is a defense that takes risks. Spagnuolo likes to send a lot of blitzes, so that can get guys out of position. So give me the Colts in the six and a half. All right, uh, the Colts at six and a half, and I think uh, it's got a chance to go to seven uh, as uh, we click. Yeah, it, it, I think it probably will. You'll see some sevens at certain shops. Uh, some will stay at six and a half and maybe juice it a little bit heavier to the favorite. Yeah, and, and I do a chalk early dogs late as far as a, a, a little podcast for uh, for the NFL. And, I mean, this is my this is my biggest uh, my biggest example where just keep waiting and waiting and waiting, and I think you're going to get a great number. Uh, the longer you wait, a uh, walk-up money is going to be all over Kansas City. They're already public. They're already public in Indianapolis. You, you come off of getting shut out uh, at Jacksonville, even though Jacksonville is improved. Yeah, I think it's only going to get a little bit higher. Let's go to this NFC North matchup in Minnesota. So Minnesota opens up with an impressive win against uh, Green Bay. They take a big step up, go on the road against Philadelphia, who some people believe might have one of the best rosters, if not the best roster in the NFC, and they get uh, punked pretty good. Uh, Detroit is kind of a public team. I mean, the, the hard knocks, here we go. They've covered both of their games, backdoor against Philadelphia, and also against Washington last week. Minnesota is 652 and a half here, Wes. Yeah, these are two teams that I bet on their over for their win totals. Uh, win against the Vikings on Monday night. Philadelphia gets there very easily. There's just something about Kirk Cousins on Monday nights. I don't know. I really can't explain it. But I think it was a lot that Philadelphia was running zone and Kirk Cousins against like zone and Kirk Cousins against man coverage are completely two different animals here. So he's going to see, I think, a little bit more man coverage on Sunday with Detroit. Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, the former longtime Jet and Texan corner in the National Football League, he likes to bring a lot of pressure and he likes to bring bring blitzes from different angles. So Cousins in the offensive line are going to have to be absolutely ready for that. But I think uh, the, the train is getting loaded up on the Lions, though. I think that Hard Knocks uh, buy-in is absolutely very real on these guys. And look, I bet them on their season wins over. I thought that they were going to be more competitive. They certainly have been. They didn't give up against Philadelphia, got in the back door, and then pretty much wire-to-wire job on the Commanders last Sunday. But you're seeing, I think, this underdog get a lot of support out there. Uh, uh, the percentages are going to vary from book to book, but I've certainly seen more Lions support than I've seen Vikings support necessarily because the Vikings, you know, betters bet what they see last, right, Jimmy? And they didn't see a very impressive Minnesota team on uh, Monday night. So Vikings lay in six. I could see this going down. I could see this at five and a half, uh, you know, with the Lions support. So I'm going to take the ugly favorite here in the Minnesota Vikings. I think this is certainly, you know, even though it's not the typical Wong teaser of going through three and seven, this is certainly something if you want to tease at six points and tease the uh, Minnesota Vikings to pick. But I'm just going to I'm just going to lay it here. Uh, I'm going to bet kind of against the last impression. And that's what I think you often have to do in the National Football League. And that goes back to bringing up what I was talking about earlier these teams that are 0-2 straight up, 0-2 against the number, 
they've hit at a pretty good clip over the last decade plus here in week three because I think the market adjusts and then the betting public kind of follows that, gets maybe some of these numbers a little bit out of whack. Yeah, a, a couple of things. Um, they um, in, in, in both of these games last year, this, this should not be any type of look-ahead spot at all against Detroit. Minnesota at home needed a 55-yard field goal at the gun uh, to – turn a one-point deficit, one- or two-point deficit into a win. And then also, they lost on the last play of the game in Detroit. That was Detroit's first win of the season uh, when Goff hit the uh, hit the guy for a touchdown. So, yeah, a little bit more focused effort for the Minnesota Vikings here. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm considering them for my uh, survivor uh, entry as well. All right, you talked about some of the teasers. Let's look at it. And first of all, uh, a couple of uh, a couple of games, and we're looking at San Francisco at Denver. Uh, San Francisco, the road favorite here, one and a half against Denver. Of uh, the who the Nathan Hackett watches certainly on two game <laughs> two games in, and then Green Bay catching a couple of points against Tampa Bay. Boy, Tampa Bay got out of the Superdome with a fortunate uh, fortunate win. That was a rough teaser to lose as well if you had the New Orleans Saints going into the, the fourth quarter 3-3. That's the game that you're looking at to try and tease, Wes. Yeah, and uh, I'll start with that Green Bay-Tampa Bay game uh, because, look, I, I guess you could argue that Tampa should have covered, but they certainly got a lot of benefit from the officials as well. Uh, you know, with the whole thing with Mike Evans, of course, that suspension, by the way, upheld, so he is going to miss on Sunday against the Green Bay Packers. You also got Chris Godwin out as well, Julio Jones questionable with the knee injury. And look, uh, this Tampa Bay team is 2-0, and but they don't look like a 2-0 and team. Uh, they have not been impressive in either game. The defense has really had to carry them. Tom Brady obviously has looked a little bit off. Maybe there's some off-the-field things going on there uh, if you're reading the tabloids and reading all the uh, speculation. But uh, yeah, Tampa Bay has not looked very good, and I think their offensive line has suffered a little bit. That's a main reason why, not just the receivers being out, because when you talk about Jensen being lost for the season and Aaron Stinney being lost, that was in training camp. The left tackle Donovan Smith did not go, and he's highly questionable to play this Sunday against Green Bay. And and I just thought that Green Bay, you know, the first week against Minnesota, you had a very motivated Minnesota team that wanted to say, hey, we're going to contend in this division. You know, this division isn't yours for the taking necessarily. And also Aaron Rodgers, I still think, developing chemistry with a lot of these new young receivers, Romeo Dobbs. Christian Watson, et cetera, et cetera. But this is a Green Bay team that can still run the ball. You saw that on Sunday night against the Bears. I think you could see it perhaps here against Tampa Bay, even though Tampa Bay, that's really their strength is against the run. But, uh, yeah, I think teasing Green Bay through the seven, I think it's gone down to about one and a half. It was two, two and a half earlier in the week. You're still getting mostly one and a half in the market. I think teasing that up, especially with the low total, Jimmy, and that's what I like to do with some of these underdogs when you're going through the traditional keys of three and seven, even though those numbers aren't necessarily as key anymore with the missed extra points and teams going for two a little bit more, teams going for it, playing a little bit less conventional, and of course, it's more of a passing than a running league now. But now that you see this total down at 42, I think, you know, it's like, okay, 
give me Aaron Rodgers, you know, plus eight on a teaser, plus seven and a half, 41 and a half even on the total. I think it, that's where it is right now at Bet Rivers. So, yeah, I think that that has some value. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to tie it with another team, and that being the Denver Broncos. And I may end up on the Denver Broncos. I'm going to have to hold my nose to do it, though, because if you watched them last Sunday, they were awful. And you still felt like they should have won the game by a lot more because Houston only averaged four yards a play, which is putrid offensively in this league. And that's a stat I think betters ought to look at, especially like when they're doing second-half bets or they're doing in-game bets. Look at the yards per play. Don't necessarily look at the yards because it's like, okay, the Jets out-yarded the Ravens in week one, but they ran like 26 more plays. So that's why you want to look at the yards per play. And I'm looking at Denver here. Denver was about a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and now they're getting one-and-a-half. And and a lot of that, I think, is because the confidence in Jimmy G, because really the cacophony that you heard on Twitter or saw on Twitter on Sunday was like, okay, good thing they kept Jimmy G, and I think it's absolutely true. But when that becomes kind of a narrative, that gets baked into the number, and that's why you've seen the 49ers become the favorite, plus the fact that Denver – Hadn't been exactly well coached here in the first couple weeks by one Nathaniel Hackett, as you mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, Nathaniel can't hack it, at least so far, through two games, but I'm willing to play it out. I don't want to indict a guy after two games, uh, even though uh, if you were indicting him, you would just go ahead and uh, you know jail him and throw away the key because he has made absolutely bad decisions. Uh, just the clock management and the play calling – Russell Wilson last week looked awful, 14 to 31 passing. So, you know, nowhere to really go but up for Denver, but that's why you've seen that adjustment. I think not only more of a confidence in the market with Jimmy G, but also the fact that Denver really has not looked good in the first two weeks. But teasing that up through the three and seven, I will tie that in with Green Bay. All right. Uh, You know, it's funny you talk about how you like to tease through the number. Uh, with lower scoring games, well, Randy McKay, two of his top three picks this week are those two games under. So he's even mm-hmm. expecting less points uh, in than those. And the unders have certainly been uh, profitable uh, through two weeks uh, in the NFL. And I can't disagree with Randy on that either, even though you've seen a little bit of movement, especially with that Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Because when do we ever see Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady with a total of 41 and a half? Well, because of those injuries and because you have Aaron trying to get chemistry with new guys, there's a reason why you're seeing that at 41 and a half. And then haven't seen a huge move necessarily in Denver. I think it was 46 in terms of the global opener, but still have some 45s out there. So uh, I'm uh, with our, our buddy Randy McKay that those are going to be low-scoring games. All right, so Wes is 5-3 and three on the season. Uh, we are 60%, 15-10 as a group for our NFL picks. His top three picks, again, uh, Indianapolis plus the 6.5. I would even wait a little bit longer. I think you're going to get uh, to 7 uh, at some mm-hmm. point easily. Minnesota minus the 6 uh, going against the 2-0 and ATS. Detroit Lions, and then teasing through that three and seven, Denver plus seven and a half, and Green Bay plus seven and a half. For Wes Reynolds, I'm Jimmy Ott here on Sports Better's Paradise, Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel.